Chuck Beer. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Fatima was actually very nervous, but you couldn't tell because she did such a great job today, mashallah. So we're all very proud of her. And I know her mom and her sister are here too, right? Where are they? The sister? Oh, three. Oh, wow. All the, the whole family. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, any questions? Who would like to be the first one? Yay, Gail, yes. First, we got to hear how your experience was. I'm so curious. Let me ask my question first. So, alhamdulillah, thank you so much. I'm a, a great appreciator of the history, women's history, and I re really appreciate your research and bringing it all forward. So my question is, what are your sources? How can we find out more about these women? Um, one of the books that I relied on the most, I I had it uh, next to my keys, and I still forgot it. But um, it's called uh, "Great Women, uh, Great Ancestors: Women Asserting Rights in uh, Muslim Context," and uh, the author is uh, Farida Shahid. And so um, that book was actually I've gone through it so many times, and like the few of the stories I picked out are just like like. There's, there's so many more women um, that are in that book. That, and so I kind of started off with that and then would just um, kind of Google some of the other, uh, like more details about them. Um, and a lot of them were from, uh, like uh, some of the other sources were, uh, I, ha I sorry, I, I left my whole like list in, my, in, in the book, um, but but it was kind of, it, 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 most all the stories stemmed from that one. So if you find, if you pick that up, um, it, has, it has so many great examples in there. Um, so I, I would recommend that. It's called Great Ancestors, Women Asserting Rights in Muslim Context. And the, um, so if you just, if you search Great Ancestors and Muslim Women, it'll, it comes up. Awesome. I, I also had a similar question. Um, I wanted to know where or if that um, the literature was published from the, I, I forgot what her name was, the last one you were talking about, um, or maybe it was second to last, who had written the stories and hers was the only one that didn't um, use a male. Um, are those actually published? Her story, so I, I actually, I mean, I, uh, again, this was a story that uh, was in that, um, it, in that book, so it cites that, uh, her, that, that specific story that didn't use the male protagonist, uh, or sorry, uh, have her disguised as that. Yeah. But I haven't read her actual stories, okay. yeah. That would be something to check out. Yeah. I'm, I'm asking for the filmmakers in the room. <laughs> It'd be some great material. Um, all right, who else would like to ask a question or a comment? Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much. That was, it was just so well put together. And I'm listening, I'm like, okay, there are three different parts and there are these sisters who are doing this. And of course it goes in one ear and out the other. Is this going to be available to us? Because we need it, because, yes. you know, so each of us yes. can try to get some more information. So I'm hoping, and you know, and the name of the book as well, if it can be put online. Okay, alhamdulillah, thank you. Uh, my question is, the sister that you said actually fought with the prophet and protected him at Uhud, is that, or is her name also uh, known as Um Salama, is that the same person? Um, uh, 
Salama was the Prophet Salama's wife, and she was, she's credited also with saying. So the part, the story, part of the story where um, the, the women asked the Prophet Salama what, um, why they're not mentioned in the Quran. That story is uh, attributed to either like a group of women or Um Salama uh, most of the time, but also Nusayba. So she is a separate. She wasn't um, one of the Prophet's wives, but she was one of the early converts, and she was one of the companions of the Prophet. Um, but that story is attributed to either her or uh, Um Salama. And then we, um, we are catching up. We have caught up quite a bit uh, on our publishing, our sound. So um, the audio is on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, then we have almost all the videos edited, so we just need to start releasing them, editing, uh, you know, doing final touches. Um, and then one thing that we would like to do, some, maybe, uh, you know, in the future, is um, actually publishing like an anthology so that people can actually have a physical copy. Um, but if you want the individual like written uh, khutbah, we can definitely put you in touch with her, and you can get it. Yes, yes, <laughs> for sure. We are catching up. We're catching up this year. Um, if you join our newsletter, that's probably the best way to get all of our information. Um, and then you can also join us or, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, and uh, Instagram. Um, to find the sound files, um, just go to soundcloud.com, iTunes.com, and then just type in the Women's Mosque of America. And we have a whole like channel. I don't know what they're called. Um, channel. Yeah, so it's going to be on all those um, all those websites. So you can just type it in, search, and then it should show up. Does it include the adhan? Yes, it does. It's the adhan, um, the khutbah, and the question and answer session. Assalamualaikum. Thank you so much for that. That was amazing, really. Um, I know a little bit about Rabia Bustery, right? And that's the one that usually always sticks out with me. My name is Rabia, too, so it makes sense. But... Um, like, in your research, you said that you, you kind of used Frida Rashid's book, right? But aside from that, have you ever researched it? Like, was it difficult to find information about Muslim leader, women leaders? So, I, I mean, it's... I think this was, like, one of the few books that I found that um, that had, like, the... the uh, that cited so many different examples, like, so many people I had never heard of. And so, and a lot of it, they also pulled from just, like... Uh, because most most of the uh, what I would most come across are people like during the Prophet's time. It's always either the Prophet Sallallahu uh, wives and daughters. That's where you have the most material. And then after that was um, you know Rabia Basri. But even the stories that you do have, they're like short snippets. You don't have anything that like really follows um, women's lives like completely, unless it's like uh, like Razia Sultana. She was a um, she was a uh, like she she was a ruler, and so there's more information about her because she's of somebody of high status, or maybe like the wives of uh, rulers. They might there's more information about them of the role that they played in history. So even Razia Sultana, her like the most information we have about her comes from Ibn Battuta's travels, and so he recorded a lot of her uh, uh, of records relating to her. Um, and then some of the other things that you find is like even when they're relating to like women who are associated with rulers, you'll find. A, you'll find information either of them as like their role as their wife or their role as like the, like if they were um, 
taking care, like if they were like a regent in place of like a child who was uh, supposed to inherit the throne or like how they're involved in like the machinations of the uh, of rule. But you don't get a lot of details of their personal lives in those in those situations. So it's really hard to kind of like, to get information sometimes. So even in the stories that we did get, that I did find, um, there isn't that much information. There wasn't that much information. It was a little bit difficult to find, like, especially like the um, information about like Indonesian women and uh, and uh, as, like Southeast Asian women. So just just finding all that like uh, it's so limited, and especially I think it, translation is a big issue, right? Um, so you don't have that information in English. So and I don't have I I don't speak any other language or I don't read any other language to understand. Like how do you? counter, and I don't know how to properly frame this, but how do you counter um, negative uh, conversations around, well, you know, people who, who speak negatively towards uh, women in Islam and them being oppressed, and, and if the stories are so difficult to find, how do you explain to the public, well, you know, there actually are amazing women, um, but somehow their stories just didn't get shared, you know? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to see how do you get that positive conversation going? Um, thank you, Fatima, for an, a really good khutbah. I have a, a question, too, which is related to what you just asked, which is um, why do you think Muslim women's stories have been suppressed, right? Like, what agenda does it serve? And I don't even think you need to, we need to go out and counter Islamophobes who are like, oh, you all are so oppressed. There's also many men in our own communities who don't want to talk about how powerful we are um, and what our stories might be. So it's like a twofold challenge that you have to do, um, but maybe you can answer my question, and then <laughs> that might lead you to answering the other question. So mine is, why do you think, um, like, why do you think we don't know many of these women? Yes, there's a problem of geography, there's a problem of language, but even in geographies that we do know, why are there only like super exceptional women, and you know these other women who are also doing work, they get written out. Why does women's work get written out and women's lives get written out? So I'm trying to remember back in my like uh, undergrad history classes when we discussed like historiography in general is, but I mean the reason it doesn't get, um, women's lives are generally seen because they, because they were part of the domestic sphere so often, their lives weren't, th those details weren't seen as important. So it's not important to record um, women's contributions because they're mostly in the domestic sphere. We don't, we're not interested in how they shape culture because it's not something where it's like, it's not leadership, it's not coming from, um, they're not influencing war, they're not influencing politics and like boundaries of countries. So that doesn't get recorded in that way. So I think that's something that, um, and this is not just a struggle for Muslim women, but I think women across other cultures too, women in general, those stories aren't told because we're not, we haven't been interested. So that's why we have specific women's history, um, like the field of women's history, and we're constantly justifying even the existence of that because it's not, again, not seen as important, or those stories aren't seen as important. Um, so again, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have the answer to like how do we just, how do we, get our stories out there. I think it's just a constant struggle to make people understand that you know we're contributors and this is how we shape the world also. Thanks. Uh, just addressing that same question, actually one time my sister was doing a talk. Uh, I can't remember what the issue was, but this question got raised to her about, hey, why don't we hear more Muslim women's voices? And it was actually a non-Muslim audience that was asking that question. And I thought one of the really brilliant things my sister shared at that time 
was that she said, you know, it is what it is in terms of what's happened so far. I mean, definitely like what you said, it's not a Muslim issue. It's, it's like a human issue where, <laughs> you know, people like have historically sort of prioritize what they think of as important and uh, women's contributions did not make the list. So, but anyway, my sister's suggestion was that, you know, we really need to empower ourselves and begin to tell our own stories and especially living in the 21st century in America, you know, we have so much power, so much access to be able to just share our stories in so many ways. So uh, we can start our own blogs, we can start our own podcasts, we can, uh, you know, uh, do our own videos or whatever we want and, and just start putting our voices out there and then support each other in spreading um, our works. And, and hopefully that will have a positive ripple effect. Um, has anyone heard of the anthology or the, um, it was like a gigantic book that was published a couple years ago in England with like thousands of Muslim women's bi biographies listed. It was a male imam. Oh, you remember? Uh, heard about it. Uh, it was the story of women scholars from the time of the prophet who not only studied Islam, but they taught uh, classes to male and female students, and many Muslim scholars who are highly revered, even until this day, studied under them. But uh, I wanted to commend you for not only your talk, but the diversity of the women you presented, because it demonstrates this is not only an issue within our Muslim sisterhood, but in America or in the Middle East, but throughout our history and geography. And I certainly hope that you will be one of those people who go on to write a book or a film, or my dear sister, Abrafi, who's already a published author, or as an architect, you uh, will, you wrote, you gave us a beautiful kutbah on the wives of the prophet. So I'd like to see that go beyond our little halakha today. Because I have it at home and I read it. They traveled uh, sometimes miles by camel across the desert. Uh, to teach. Uh, I don't think because of my personal problems that I've shared with some of you, I'm ready. But uh, I'll be glad to share the name and maybe even bring my copy of the book to our next uh, Juma. Okay, great. Yeah, you really do have every book, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would love to hear you give oh, a book eventually. Uh, I have one other book that's similar in theme to what you were discussing. It's Women of Sufism, and it's the story of Muslim women contributors in many different cultures, Africa, um, the Middle East, Europe, <laughs> China. 
Um, I had sort of a specific question. I was wondering if you know of any um, women leaders in politics in this community that you think are advocating for the Muslim community that we could look into and like support and follow? Yeah, like in politics, want to get involved, but I don't know like how or who. Yeah, one of our uh, khatibas, Farah and Khan, um, ran for city council in Irvine. Um, and then Linda Sarsour, although she's not a politician, she's been getting very active on the political um, scene. So um, there, there are a few. There is also Saleha Khan. She's uh, somewhere in the valley. She got elected into office over there. And uh, I can't, I'm blanking on her name because it was uh, an African name and I have a hard time remembering it. Uh, but she was uh, interviewed on The Daily Show like a week or two ago. She is a Muslim um, uh, refugee from somewhere in Africa. And she got elected into office in a state in uh, there. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there you go. So she, she's a Muslim Somali refugee. She got elected into office in Minnesota. Yeah, and I learned about her because she was on The Daily Show. In Michigan, yeah. There's a lot of women up and coming. Hello, Assalamualaikum. Um, I was gonna address something she was saying about who does, I think you were saying who does it benefit that women's stories aren't getting told. And I wanted to say that the cause of it um, is because we live in a patriarchal society. So it, of course it benefits the men to not have our voices heard because it allows them to set up this narrative of what a woman should be and what she should not be, which is outspoken and knowing her rights, et cetera, et cetera. And that has less to do with Islam. It has to do with culture. It's a, cause it's a global problem. We have the same thing in Catholicism, Mormonism, um, Christianity, etc. Buddhism? Buddhism, oh yes, Buddhism, Judaism, we have this huge cultural problem, so it's not an issue with Islam, because this happens everywhere, especially, I wanted to make the reference, because there are so many um, women in Islam that are really important, but it's parallel to like how so many black female leaders, such as in the Black Panther Party, and Every, every movement that involves black people and the upliftment of them, black women are usually the ones doing the work, the ones speaking out and the ones fighting for people. But you, you don't get to hear our voices, you don't get to hear our stories, and we're kind of pushed aside in history. So it's less of an Islam problem and more of a cultural male problem. Because it's like in every religion group, it's the men that kind of do that. So. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> That's a great point. You actually just reminded me. Um, so I went to Berkeley for college, and one of our professors, yeah, go Bears. <laughs> uh, one of our professors was had participated in the free speech movement, and so he wrote a book about it, and that was what he told us as well. Was like there were so many women who were involved in the free speech movement, but Mario Savio and a lot of the men were the ones who got kind of featured in the public eye. So it's not even a race thing. It's, it's just the way this world works at the moment, but it will be changed, inshallah. <laughs> 
Assalamu alaikum. Um, thank you so much for your wonderful khutbah. Um, I just sort of wanted to offer, um, so I'm Shia, and I just wanted to sort of offer um, a perspective. I think that in, uh, in the Shia faith tradition, there, in the sect, there's a lot of stories about Muslim women that are commemorated very frequently. So one of my favorite stories um, to this day that motivates me is the story of Sayyida Zainab, who um, after sort of the martyrdom of uh, uh, Imam Hussein, uh, the grandson of the Prophet, she sort of like marches into the courtyard of Yazid um, amongst all these uh, uh, men and she's sort of leading the people, the survivors, um, and she just marches into the courtyard and she delivers a sermon that's sort of like speaking truth to power. And that entire sermon is commemorated every year. It's like the words of this woman and she is sort of held up as an example for both men and women. So every, you know, there's stories that will, you'll hear like imams will say like, oh, she, you know, even for men, she's sort of an like everyone should be like her, of like taking uh, a stand for justice. And um, so I just sort of wanted, I think both me and my sister were thinking about these stories that I think are there. Um, there are a lot of other women, Raqaiya, uh, Sukaina, like that everyone, like in the Shia community that are very uh, well recognized, but I think that sort of within the larger Muslim community, sometimes those stories aren't um, given uh, as much uh, weight, unfortunately. Thank you. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking, the way that the website is set up, is there a way for her to just put that information into your website? Kind of like... Something, yeah, because it's information that, you know, we could share different things even between the various times that we come here, and then we would have that information to work with in large on or whatever, because I, I, I find it fascinating. Thank you. But what I was going to relate is just, I used to get all my information from the Inquirer, but now <laughs> I get all my information from Facebook, right? So just yesterday, I think it was, early this morning, there was an article where women, Muslim women in India have just gotten the right in court to prevent the men from just saying, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you, and that's it. Did you, you saw that? Yeah, so that it obviously, and whoever put this article together made it very clear, this is not a part of Sharia, it is not a part of Quran, but it is just happening. So that's a cultural thing, you know, and I was just very grateful to see that somebody did say, hey, look, this is not Islam. These people just happen to be Muslims, you know. Um, but I, I'm hoping that we can all just bit by bit put these little pieces of information together and at some point we'll all be well informed about women, you know, and the roles that we've played because just like the story of uh, Hajar running back and forth through Safa and Mawa, Okay, and she was the progenitor of the Arab race. She is the reason everybody ended up in Mecca. Well, if you go to Timbuktu in West Africa, in Mali, there is a story there. Timbuktu is actually named for an African woman who was herding her goats. The goats got away, and she went looking for her goats, and when she found them, they had found a well. And so she stayed at that well. Her family came looking for her, and she's like, I'm not going anywhere. I found me some water. I'm staying right here. And that is how Timbuktu formed. 
And uh, Timbuktu actually means, her name was Booktu. Timbuktu actually means the well of Booktu. And I was like, this sounds mighty much like Zam Zam story, you know. <laughs> but we all do wonderful things. And I think it's important for us as women to recognize that men are not bad people. They just have big egos. They cross a lot of problems on the planet because of that. But we need to make sure that we just get our stories out there. And that's why I keep looking at that paper in that sister's hand and I'm like, <laughs> you know, but inshallah, we'll be able to expand more on this. Okay, alhamdulillah. Thank you. Yeah, we are, this past year has been about self-care and about just getting caught up on all the things that we kind of fell behind on. So inshallah, this coming year is gonna be where we'll start to see some growth. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear you say that you've been working on self-care, because that was the goodbye I did in June, so we see that that's a, a defining um, thread here. I just wanted to also just recognize we have many, many women in this room who are doing a lot of the causes and the things that we um, can help us, you know, come into the forefront. I have to applaud Hasana. I mean, this, is, this has been a project, right? This is the third year, right? So, so for her to stand up and say, I start with whatever resources I can find and keep pushing the woman's mosque and making it happen as well. And there's another sister in Oakland, Rabia, who has taken um, kind of the same stance as well, and, and, but doing it in a more of a co-ed space. I just wanted to briefly just say that um, your kubah was extremely expiring. Um, I'm actually headed into a doctorate program at Claremont School of Theology to be a, a scholar. So, inshallah, we can represent as, you know, women and as a, it's, it's, there's not a lot of people of color as well as who are scholars, especially black women. So, um, there's some on the East Coast, but I wanted to make sure I made that stance. Um, it's going to be rough because I'm also <laughs> just took a, a full-time position at Crystal Stairs as an education coordinator, but I can do it. I can do it, right? Um, so... I also am an activist with Black Lives Matter, and this is a lot of the, the stuff that we talk about, you know, as well. Some of you might have saw me on TV. I've been getting little texts like, uh, you decided to take a stand. So we did actually a, um, a rally, plus we had a press conference in relation to white supremacy. So we understand that that's a whole other topic that we could get into, but you, given the information about who we are and being able to somehow put an anthology together is what's gonna create the space, so I, I applaud you. And what made you wanna do that? I can kind of guess that why you wanted to put that as your um, topic, but that's my question. What was, why did you do that? Um, I've always, again, it goes back to my like three favorite things, uh, religion um, and uh, history. Like I, I study history in undergrad, and I, um, for me, it's, it was just really, I wanted to find people, or I wanted to, I wanted to, it, it's, last year basically I went and bought like 15 books related to Muslim women in Islam, because I've, it's just something that I um, have been craving more information about, and so that was, a, a has, a has, no, it, was it was for, it took me forever to find the topic, and I was like, what am I doing? There's a bookshelf full of books on Muslim women that like, that I wanted to, I, I want to learn our stories, and so I, in the process of learning them for myself, I was like, I'm going to share these because I feel like this information is um, 
like it took me so long to just amass those books and those stories is, are so hard to just like to, to find. So I was like, if it's hard for me, it's gonna be hard for other people too. So they might be interested and that's kind of how it came to it. Thank you. All right, so we'll just do one or two questions left and then we'll close up for today. This isn't really a question. I wanted to commend you on your glorious singing. It was, it's so, for me, it's so, it's so informational. It's as if your voice is an instrument. And I, I mean, I was really moved. It's uh, something that I could listen to for long periods of time. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, sometimes we don't give enough credit for things like that. And All right, any last people? Uh, Tazine? Oh, okay, and then we'll close with Gail. Comment in reference to I think Ravia's question and a couple of other comments. Um, I think that there definitely is this gap in sort of hearing and recovering female voices and stories, but that's increasingly the last decade, last couple of decades, been sort of an increasing um, topic of academic interest, and there are a lot of interesting things that I think folks in here would um, find compelling. And so there's Sadia Sheikh's. Um, it, she has a book about um, Ibn Arabi, and it talks. It, I think it's called like Sufi narratives of intimacy, gender, sexuality, somewhere in the title. Um, but it talks about sort of him having these female teachers and things like that. So it is sort of, it's, it, it brings to the fore sort of questions of access and who gets to read what, because a lot of people don't read academic um, books and it's kind of confined to similar audiences. But there have been quite, and there's another, um, Asma Saeed wrote a book on um, women and Hadith transmitters. I think it's called like, women either something something very straightforward like that but it talks about sort of a lot of the questions that were being brought up of what accounts for these dips and and peaks and sort of female participation it, it sort of talks the way in which as sort of Sunni orthodoxy is formed which women get to sort of the ones that are um, you know related to scholars and things like that and and how like transformations from oral to written open up the door for women to become Hadith transmitters. And so it's a lot of stuff that it is, so there is a dearth of knowledge, but it is sort of, there's this um, new sort of source of information coming. And I think that maybe it's just not accessible to people outside of academia. And so I think that maybe it would be helpful to generate some kind of list. Cause I think a lot of these books, um, people in this room would find really interesting and also accessible, but they're not, you know, it's not all like dry and things like that. So. Can we give you that task? <laughs> okay, if you can collect it for us. Um, and, and yeah, we can put up um, maybe like a, a, a section on our website that just lists all of the resources for people. Okay, last comment, question. Yeah, this is real quick. So this is just a comment too. So to prevent what's happened in the past from going forward, we do have women scholars, including this young lady here, Tesni Ali, who is a researcher and doing work on Muslim women, thank you very much. And others like Friha Riaz, who's doing work, and potentially uh, Kenyatta Bakir, future. So we don't want to repeat this so that people look back 100 years and say, well, we don't know anything about what w women were doing in America in the you know, turn of the century. And actually, uh, one of our advisors, Sheikha Rima Youssef, um, she started Al Rawiya College. So, Rawiya um, is the word uh, that was used to describe the female Hadith uh, 
uh, transmitters. Um, so she is resurrecting that tradition and um, you can actually sign up for her classes online if you go to Rabia College or Rabia Foundation. Um, and she is training women to become scholars. So that's also something we, we definitely encourage you to do. Rawia, R-A-W-I-Y-A-H. Okay, last one. <laughs> Going back to men, um, what I wanted to say is really and truly, men do what they do, and they're not always just trying to suppress us. Sometimes they're just like, oh, I didn't even think about that. You know the kind of man who will say to his wife, well, if you wanted a diamond ring for your birthday, why didn't you just tell me? You know, they, they don't think too far beyond that. So I'm suggesting there are so many conferences out here with all of these wonderful scholars, you know, imam this and imam that and shake this and shake that. And you look down the list and it's like, where the women? Okay, so I would suggest that we start giving men something concrete to think about, like saying, well, where are some women on this panel? Because I know I found myself a few times going, I think I've heard about as much as I want to hear from some men right about now. I need to hear from some women. So I think we need to give them an opportunity to make sure that they listen to women as well by just literally asking them to make sure they include several women on these various panels. It's like you said, we have people who are very well qualified to speak. And so even if we speak among ourselves, that's wonderful, but that's like a tempest in a teapot. We need to make sure that it gets out to the men and that they start feeling obligated to include us in these various uh, conferences. So. All right, we're just gonna close up because we have to clean up and be out of here uh, and our sound engineer needs to leave. So we're going to start folding. If you wanna help us clean up, we appreciate it. Um, but keep the conversations going. You can still hang out here in the courtyard. Um, and we do have some refreshments for you guys in the back, so help yourselves.